This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. I'm a little bit because that's what I do. I'm a baby. But it, it, the bartering and the the inter the interplay we're going to be able to have with some of these characters, Disney does do it right. Like, you have those Disney princesses walking around, and they play the part for the kids. But I don't want it to be just for the kids. So I'm hoping, because the Disney princess never plays with me. They run away from me usually. I'm like, who's this creep trying to talk to me? I'm like, I'm not trying to hit on you. I just want to be a part of the, the charade. I just want to be part of the charade I and just take want, a picture. I just want to have fun. <laughs> Warning from the back to tape contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups and your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal you and I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Star Wars from the back to tank. All right, Dave. So you and I have some Star Wars news to get through. There's quite a bit. There's quite a bit. And man, did I miss that song? Yeah, so did I. I'm going to sway your shoulders and your hips just a bit, Dave. Let's get a little comfortable. Let's loosen ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. All right. You ready? Are you loosened? Ready. All right. Now grab your ankles. No, I'm just joking, David. Come on. I do not sexually harass anyone on this network. All right. So first bit of news. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens in spectacular fashion with George Lucas, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Billy D. Williams. Dave, if I would have known that they would open it up, I I should have known, honestly, I should have known better. But if I would have known, if I had the foresight, I would have made sure I found a way to get into that park during opening night. I would have found a way. I know, oh, dude. I know it, it was no, packed. It was nothing but A-list celebrities. Yeah. Like they were the only ones that had access, it seemed. But I would have figured it out. I have some friends. I have some friends in high places, David, and I will use them. I have some powerful friends, just like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, that didn't exactly work for Han. <laughs> well, his eyesight will return in time, Dave. <laughs> All right, so Galaxy's Edge opens in thunderous applause. Disney chief Bob Iger presided over a rock concert-like dedication ceremony with onlookers, including Brie Larson and Marvel's Kevin Faye. Fahey? Am I going to ever learn his name? Kevin Fag. Fahey. Fahey. Oh, I said it right. Yep. All right. And Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy. All right, Dave. First off, I, when I saw these photos pop up, I was beyond excited. 
seeing George Lucas just stand there, because we all know our our love affair that we have with George Lucas, right? Everyone knows that. We've never shamed him. Well, a few times. There's been a few times. But for the most part, you and I love him. And to see him just strut on stage, you know, it just feels right. It feels complete. And it's going to be a sad day, Dave, when, heaven forbid, he passes away. And he can no longer be that that man that ushers in something new for Star Wars. Because even though he's not, you know, intrinsically tied to the creative side anymore. He's still the godfather. You still pay him respect. You still ask him to bless your daughter on the day of her wedding. You still have him kiss your baby on the forehead and baptize them, right? He's still that guy, David. So to see him walk on stage with the other individuals, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, it definitely struck a nostalgia nerve oh absolutely for me it it, that was actually one of the coolest things i've ever seen and it it really does it's nostalgic but it's also kind of like a little sad because like you begin to realize who you're missing in the in that cast yeah like carrie's not there yeah and uh now peter mayhew's not there peter's always been around cast gatherings like this yeah suddenly he's not there so it was very cool. I agree that basically it was like very nostalgic, but it was funny because at first I didn't think about it till, till a friend of mine posted about it and said, and he mentioned that, uh, it's a little bittersweet. And I asked him why. And when he told me, I was like, yeah. Well, yes, it's bittersweet to see how much they've aged to, you know, Billy D out there with a pimp cane. That's gangster. Though. Oh, he looked good though. Yeah. He's still a pimp. Why is it? Why? Okay. How come George Lucas is the only billionaire I know that dresses like he's homeless? And you notice that in one of the pictures they took, George looks like he's not happy to be here. It's just <laughs> his not. intellectual arrogance. You know, he has that look. He, he has that look all the time. I know. It's but like, I just laugh because, you know, Bob Iger is probably wearing a $10,000 jacket. Okay. Harrison Ford's probably wearing a, a $7,000 sports coat. And then you look at Mark Hamill and George Lucas, and they're just like, hey, guys, I'm here in my, my mom jeans. No, especially George, because he's like, he has zero Fs, what people think. Well, I guess if you were a, bil- a billionaire, you had a hot wife, you have an entire empire, you're essentially the godfather. He just looks like you're lucky I didn't show up naked. Yeah, he's all, <laughs> exactly. You're lucky I'm not wearing a robe like... Uh, Who's that Playboy guy that died? I forget his name. Hugh Hefner. Yeah, you, I wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas actually w- ran around with just a robe because that's <laughs> what I would do if I was a billionaire like that. I would never get dressed. George, are you wearing anything underneath the robe? I'm like, come on, honey, really, <laughs> really? I ain't wearing nothing. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> I go over here. And be easy gra- access. And be grateful they got this billion dollar penis. Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be horrible billionaires. Yeah. Now, after remarks from Star Wars creator George Lucas and stars Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams, Chewbacca attempted to start the Falcon only to have the engine stall. Iger asked if there were anyone who knew how to fix this thing. Then a familiar voice from backstage boomed. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. counts. And Harrison Ford came out. Dude, that's so fun. That is just so much fun. Oh, yeah. Um. Now... 
Yes, it was great to have George Lucas there. He's been there. They mentioned that he was there even during, of course, the the launch, the premiere of Star Tours, you know, however many years ago that was, 30 some years ago. Amazing, isn't it? I didn't realize Star Tours. It didn't dawn on me that Star Tours is that old. Yeah, the Star Tours launched in 1987, almost 30 years. So he mentioned that technology has made this so much, you know, all of this possible that back in the old days, he was uh, reciting some of the issues they had with Star Tours back in 87 and that this is just an amazing accomplishment. So George Lucas, yes, he probably got paid a a, a fee to show up, <laughs> but I, that's fine. I'm OK with that. And to see him there, this is his. He created all of this. And can you imagine this young filmmaker in 1976 writing his script, 75, 76, writing a script. Can you imagine? Do you think he ever would have imagined that he would end up having an entire theme park? He can't be that egotistical. He couldn't. He couldn't be that egotistical because that would be egotistical. A 14 acre area. I didn't realize that's how large Galaxy's Edge would have ended up being i didn't i didn't know that now moving on at disneyland's new star wars attraction dave brace yourself for 200 dollar lightsabers <laughs> and it's not easy to find <laughs> 42 dollar cocktails and 4 a.m lines now it says if you stay longer than your four-hour reservation window disney employees dressed as stormtroopers do in fact escort you out. So that was a, a rumor <laughs> that was accurate. Uh, Dis- gonna, we're going to have an incident with you, aren't we, Mike? <laughs> I'm not leaving, Dave. <laughs> not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Uh, Disneyland guests now get to visit the world of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo, but they'll have to pay out of this world prices to get the full experience. The $1 billion attraction called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened to the public Just a few short days ago, uh, one of the largest expansions in the history of Walt Disney's company, uh, theme parks and land spans 14 acres and will feature two rides and more than a dozen shops and restaurants. Uh, A second iteration of Galaxy's Edge will also open at Disney's Hollywood Studios theme park at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida later this year. Uh, Looks like it's going to be in August, but fans should be aware of one key detail, Dave. Not all of the planned attractions at the California version will open. Yes. That's a little depressing because I'm going to be going in approximately seven days. I will be there. Yeah. If I'm not correct, one of the rides is still has to be opened. The, uh, what is it? The rise of the resistance. Rise of the resistance. Will not be opened until September. So I'll be going back. I'll be going back for sure because I can't wait another three or four years because typically I wait three to four years between Disneyland trips. And I'm not going to wait three to four years to. To uh, try out the rise of the resistance. Now, also, there are some prices that have now leaked onto the Web. I know they kept some of those prices pretty close to the chest. I don't think Disney wanted any negative publicity until they were able to share the experience because I feel like. It's going to be all about the experience. People are going to spend out the asshole if they feel like the experience is worth it. And if you just dropped, hey, guys, $42 drinks, enjoy, thumbs up. I think a lot of people would be like, what? But if you see what you're getting with it, 
That's right. the thing. Now, we have this $200 lightsaber thing, right, Dave? I am so excited and for this. this article I'm going through it really paints the picture of negativity around this idea. Uh, he says, well, you can go online and buy a lightsaber for like $19. Why would you spend $200 on one? But it's not uh, just about the lightsaber. It's the experience that comes with spending that $200. Yes. Dave, you brought this to my attention. Now, what's mm-hmm. the details on how you get a $200 lightsaber? Okay. So do you want me to go through the article or actually summarize it? I summarize it. Okay. Summarize it. What the whole thing is, is like you're not supposed to go into the park and just willy-nilly find a lightsaber. No one's going to sell it because we stated from the get-go, when you go to Galaxy's Edge, it's about an experience. You're going to have your own personal adventure. One of the things that you can do is try to find a lightsaber and build your own lightsaber. So you have to look for it. You have to look for it. And you just can't go up to someone and say, hey, where, where are the lightsabers? The actors are actually going to look at you funny and kind of, you know, act like they have no idea what's, what's a lightsaber? going on. What's a lightsaber? Mm. And it makes sense because yeah. if you're in Star Wars, nobody talks about lightsabers openly. You don't talk about Jedi because Jedis don't exist. They're mythical beings. But if, say, you go around and you go around the marketplace and you start asking people, hey, you have to know the key phrases. And, like, one of the key phrases that I – read about was you go up to someone and you say, Hey, I'm looking for scrap. You know where I could get some scrap. They will literally t- put you with a group and you as a group will go to an area where they will show you. Okay. Well, they will take your pants down and rape you <laughs> because you're going to need $200 yeah. to get into the group. You're going to have to pay that fee somehow, boy. Yeah. Come on over here. And it ties into the whole, what we talked about in the past about having the marketplace be Hey, adjust your pop filter. Just a moment. Just for a minute, Dave. How's that? Got it. Yeah. Say popping peas, popping peas. There we go. So it, it all ties into what we were saying about it being an experience. Yeah. You're going to actually talk to these characters. You're going to talk to like the, even some of the it's animatronics. A story. It's, it's a story playing. that you're doing. It's LARPing. So yes. when you told me that, see, a lot of these articles aren't delving into that. They just say, oh, they're being snarky. They're being a bit cynical. Like oh, $200 for a lightsaber. Good luck. Have fun spending money on something you can buy at your local toy store for like $19. But the $200, yes, it's it's steep. But it's the experience it's for the experience that you're playing a game. You like, a fans literally said about the review of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a religious experience. Oh, a simmer down. David. No, no, because like literally the, the when you're building the lightsaber, they will ask you questions. Oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You don't get to basically say, hey, I want a double uh, a double bladed red lightsaber i thought you said a double no. ended dildo I was, like, Jesus. <laughs> I was about to say that no. i know you are i can tell by your face you, like, oh, you literally ask uh, you answer some questions apparently and they give you a specific crystal like how they do in the jedi academy that's awesome where it's all of a sudden oh i answered this way well you are like apparently like the guardian yeah i'm not gonna you spend my money on that dave but i it's still fun and it's if, fun it's dude. not where i'm gonna put my money because i'm gonna do a few other things. There's a cantina that's going to serve cocktails and beers and souvenir glasses. The cantina, the cantina yeah. was going to be fun, but dude, after reading about the lightsaber thing, what 
Jedi fan wouldn't want to experience something like that. Yeah, it is fun, and I may do it, but I think I'd rather spend $42 on a drink. There's a Yub Nub made of Malibu pineapple rum, uh, Sailor Jerry Spice rum, citrus juices, and passion fruit in a souvenir mug, and it costs $42. (laughs) I don't care. I, honestly, I don't care either. I I don't go drinking, and I've already told my girlfriend that she's going to do all the drinking. I'm going to order her drinks. Fine. Yeah. There you go. Give me the glass. <laughs> yeah. The glass. I, so I'm going to spend some money on that. Obviously, there's also going to be a lot of Star Wars exclusives, things that you cannot purchase. There'll be some Black Series as we went. All oh, the Black Series figures right. just release what they look like, and I'm like going... Damn it, why do they have to actually make this harder for us toy collectors? I know. Well, hey, you know, it's a business. I understand. It's all, And also, it's a, an experience. I'm okay with that. I think that's kind of fun, knowing that when you go to Disneyland, there's going to be some Star Wars Black Series exclusives and Legos and other toys and merchandise that you can only get at Galaxy's Edge. I think that's, I think that's fun. It makes yeah. it... It adds more value to those items and not just value in terms of, you know, monetary value, but um, I don't want to say emotional value, but value in the fact that it's a memory. It's yeah. it's an event. It's, it's an, an event. experience. It's something you'll remember and you will look at that Black Series. I'm like, you know what? I bought that when I was at Disneyland five years ago. I, you can only get it there. Yep. And eBay for about. 50,000 times the price. Yeah. And then like the one thing that cracked me up, one of the figures, because in one of our past shows, we talked about, you know, like, oh, they need more resistance figures. Mm -hmm. Suddenly one of the black series figure pyre, it ends up being one of the key characters from resistance. And I'm like, like, man, is is this how we're going to get the Niku figure? It's going to be a black series figure only in Disneyland. (laughs) All right, so that's pretty much the news on Galaxy's Edge. I will have a more detailed report in two weeks. Uh, I will be taking a week off to recover because I will be in Disneyland for three days starting next week. That's right, Dave. One day is not enough for my greediness. So I'll be there for three days, and then I'm going to have a little bit of an excursion, some vacation, some me time. I'm going to get to know myself a little bit, if you know what I mean. And then I'll come back and we'll do a show and I will have a lot more details from my perspective because there's already a bunch of things out there, but I'm going to take notes on things that interest me that I feel will be good conversation pieces for this show. All right, Dave, let's talk about the Vanity Fair article that was dropped on us a couple of weeks ago. And I'm ashamed of ourselves that we have not been in the studio sooner. <laughs> but yeah, Dave, Vanity Fair, doing what they have done for countless years, years, has dropped some photos on all of us. Happy fans. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker photos reveal some big, big Things about the rise of Skywalker. Things that I am surprised they were willing to reveal this soon. We're still, what, six months away from the premiere? Yes. And they're giving us some more than just tidbits. For example, I feel like the biggest, there's two takeaways for me. And I posted the photos on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Star Wars from the back to tank. If you miss those, you can just scroll down and see all the photos that Vanity Fair released. But for me, the biggest talking point, Dave, 
is there's an image with JJ in the center and he's directing alongside the his or I should say the stunt coordinator. And they're directing the Knights of Red. <laughs> well, we wondered. <laughs> we all wondered if they were going to be in this and they are. Praise be to the maker. I feel like this element alone makes me that much more excited about Rise of Skywalker. Now, I've also got to restrain some of that excitement because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want the Knights of Ren to be um, Phantom. A throwaway. Uh, uh, F- Captain Phasmud. I don't want them to build up these characters and then we're just like, oh, well, they're just simply fodder. Yes. They're not really anything. I feel like JJ, in order to redeem some of the issues we've had with this new series in terms of uh, world building, there has been very little world building in these last two movies. And the first movie was fine because, as, I, as I've said countless times, it was designed to be a, a start. Yeah, it was supposed to whet your appetite. Right. And the second movie should have really propelled the mythology and the world building of Star Wars a lot further. And it really did not. This movie has to do that. And one way you can do that is with characters like the Knights of Ren. They are described as elite, fearsome enforcers of Kylo Ren's dark will. Makes sense. Now, none of them have lightsabers. They all have medieval type Garb and weapons. Yeah, some of the weapons, dude, some of the designs of some of the weapons are really cool. Like, I think it's a smart idea to stay away from lightsabers because, as I said, lightsabers are supposed to be mythical items. They're they're hard to find. They're rare. You don't just see them willy-nilly on the street. Unless you pay $200. Unless you pay $200. Right. But, like... <laughs> My favorite thing about this picture was actually the fact that they have swords, but they're wicked looking blades. Yeah, they're, they're, they look medieval. They look medieval. And I like the the fact that they mix it up with not just blades, but the one guy that looks like he has some kind of arm cannon. Right. And I'm like going, wait a minute. So the Knights of Ren aren't just sword wielding badasses well we has, we had assumed that they would be force sensitive in some way or they would be able to tap into the force right yes we assumed that now would you have a problem if they're not force, no, really. force users if they're just simply dudes that are just like essentially snoke's guards like they're just trained they're elite yeah, Dave, listen, I'll be cool. I'll be happy with anything as long as it works. But as honestly, works. I feel like it would be missing the boat. I think it would be a, a big moment that they're letting slip through the cracks in terms of story and world building if they don't utilize the Knights of Ren in a more mythical fashion. I think that's <sighs> that's why I like the words, the enforcers of Kylo Ren's dark will. will. So will they be along the lines of Vader's inquisitors. inquisitors where they're not Sith. They use the dark side and they have lightsabers. Maybe for some reason, Kylo doesn't trust them with lightsabers. So they don't use lightsabers, but they do in fact know how to utilize the force. The way I figured it when I was looking at this, especially from this picture, I was getting vibes of Vader's inquisitors. And yeah. then it dawned on me that 
if we were, if this is like Kylo Ren's version of his own Inquisitors, it would make sense that basically they're not force wielders because the force, there shouldn't be a lot of people that know how to use the force as well as a Why? Jedi, as Why? a Jedi or a Sith. It's been, it's been years, Dave. You don't think someone's going to come along and, and look at the little boy at the end of last Jedi. He was never trained, and yet he can use his power to pull a broom to him. But it's fun. Uh, it's rudimentary. I'm I'm expecting something like if if it is like the dark his dark will, then something not as polished. I guess yes. not as polished hey, as Vader's Inquisitors. That works, Dave. That but, works for me. Like they're rough around the edges. Yes, that would be cool. I would be okay with that. Someone, maybe a group of individuals that aren't fully trained. Because think about, it. I mean, Kylo Ren is trying to more or less copy his grandfather. Now he's everyone's kind of said, well, he's a rough around the edges version of Darth Vader. And yeah, because he doesn't have the proper training. He really doesn't. <laughs> well, we don't know that. How do you know that? What do you base that on? Basing Luke trained him. Luke trained him. And on, then Snoke trained him. Yeah. Luke and Snoke trained him, but he's trying to become Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, well, Dave, we don't really know any of that. We yeah. don't know because we don't know anything really about Kylo Ren and what his real purpose is because they have not delved into it yet. Yeah, That's, that is true. We're just so working hard. under assumptions. Yeah, I, I I will be happy, honestly, with anything. Yes. When Same it comes here. to the Knights of Ren, as long as they're utilized in a way that matters and they're not just simply, as I said, fodder. People that will just die quickly and then, oh, okay, they look cool and they did nothing. All right, we also got another image worthy to talk about, and it is Carrie Russell's character, and her name is Zori Bliss, and she looks like a badass. Now, I'm going to say this, Dave. She's wearing a purple uniform and a gold mask that looks very reminiscent of a cross between Bobo Fett and the Rocketeer. It does. It looks awesome. I love it. But, Dave, now that we have an image of the Knights of Ren and we have an image of Zori Bliss, It makes me wonder if that Star Wars leaked episode nine poster was actually real. <laughs> and we made fun of it. It looked, yes. it looked cheesy. It yes, lo- it and I'm going to stand by that. It looked stupid. You had C-3PO with a bowcaster. It looked dumb. But Zori Bliss was there with the exact same helmet and uniform. Yes. The Knights of Ren were holding swords. So maybe that episode nine leaked poster is in fact, fact the legit, the legit poster. Yeah. Now that being said, because it was leaked and there was a lot of negativity around it. I don't think, I don't think anyone liked it. Maybe they're going to change it now and pretend that never happened. Prank caller, prank prank caller. This isn't real. This, this, this isn't the droids you're looking for. Or maybe Kathleen Kennedy was like, JJ, this is shit. (laughs) And then, you know, JJ didn't, Agree. So Kathleen Kennedy just leaked it to prove that <laughs> it's shit. That it's shit. Like, look, the fans hate it. JJ, look at this. Change it before I change you. <laughs> I'm gonna get a new director. Okay, another image we got was uh, First Order leaders General Hux, which we already know of him, but also we now know the name of Richard E. Grant's character as well as the role he will be playing. And yes. it's the Allegiant General Pride. He looks cool. 
He does. He looks good. I mean, this is one of those actors that I always thought if they got Richard E. Grant to play, say, a young Tarkin, it would work. Or even Thrawn. I always thought Richard E. Grant would oh. actually make a fantastic Thrawn. That's what everybody thought, too. Yeah. There were rumors saying, oh, he's Thrawn. He's Thrawn. Yeah, so we got a lot of information. And Dave, this is, is oh. isn't this more than we've received in the past in terms of, I don't want to say Easter eggs, or it's a lot of questions we had. I, I'm surprised that this far out, they revealed that the Knights of Ren will be in episode nine. Was that surprising to you as well? No, absolutely. Because like, not only did we get like glimpses of Knights of Ren, uh, bliss, we, uh, Carrie Russell's character. We got a look at, at, uh, Allegiant general pride, but not only that, they actually told us that about planets that they're going to be visiting. Yeah. Like the snow planet that basically, uh, bliss is on. And the fact that she works for the thieves quarters, so we're going to be dealing with more guilds. You There's, mean she's not Ray's mom? Thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I guess God. she still could be, but I, I, I feel like we just need to we move just away need to from let that. it go. Yeah. All right, Dave, we're going to go to a quick break. And then when we get back, you and I are going to get into some news pertaining to Disney's streaming service, as well as make Solo 2 happen movement. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Is the UK's second most common STI. The number of cases of the new antibiotic resistant strain is slowly on the rise. Yeah, I like how like we're being attacked by measles, polio, and now a super, super gonorrhea <laughs> strain. I mean, how can we weaponize this and give it to AOC, Jenny McCarthy, and Kim Jong Un? I will infect an entire nation. We will defeat North Korea by giving them gonorrhea. <laughs> Thomas, I think you're the so perfect soldier. You're the like the STI Rambo because you like men and women. You could just leave me behind enemy lines yeah we'll just drop you there with no condoms i'm like get to it you are our captain america <laughs> you're our gonorrhea soldier this mission should i choose to accept it our super gonorrhea soldier jesus time to send in our, our super soldier everybody you guys remember uh, vietnam yeah we're gonna do it all over again but with gonorrhea this time send thomas in he needs air support over Find all the loosest sluts in downtown Phoenix and bring them on board the airplane. I'm going to need a bottle of Viagra, six cases of Gatorade. What about the Navy band. SEALs, sir? What about the Navy SEALs? No, 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 no. We need, uh, we need Trixie, Cindy, and Lola from around the corner. <laughs> Thomas is the general. He will lead the charge with the STI invasion. Sir, they don't have gonorrhea. Thomas! Yeah, yeah. We need you to go ahead and infect these sluts, sluts, I mean whores, I mean ladies, soldiers. <laughs> 
We have just found our inside man. Mr. President, it would be my honor to be inside men. <laughs> to do it all. I gotta make sure you're fully prepared. Whip the deck out. I want to make sure there's some discharge there. Come on. If it's not gay, let me touch it. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. You looking at nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Or, like, one of them, like, you get... This is, the this the is fact that Marvel's for... been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. Yeah. I walked in, it's the guy starts, and that's feel. how they go out. Like, because the, the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms. They're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. It's Weird West Sunday. So the first thing I look at is, okay, if you're doing a Western and your inspiration is the surrealism of Sergio Leone, then you better have your panels drawn in such a way that it resembles the work of Leone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sergio Leone was known during a time when anamorphing was being used. The comic book pages of Pretty Deadly is you saw those mimicking images. The, and, and I'm not talking just the wide screen style shots but also just the depth of field and making sure certain elements should stay in focus. Emma Rio studied and did her homework when she got down to doing this comic book. Yeah, she did a great job. I think going down the path and kind of creating their own their own lore. They created their own lore. Mm -hmm. I think it, it leaves more room for mystery and more room for creativity and originality. Well, and like this one, I don't think I don't think they threw that so much into your face either yeah you know the christianity or or paganism or anything like that it was if you if you read it like i kind of read it catch up on your favorite weird west discussions from mike and clint every sunday on rain man channel 001 listen from the rain man digital app or tune in just search rm channel 001 Star Wars from the back to tank. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up. 
tweet us at from back to tank as well as find us on facebook facebook.com slash star wars from the back to tank communicate with us tell us what you love tell us what you want us to talk about i may or may not listen because i really only care about my thoughts that's why i do a show dave because my thoughts is what matters right my thoughts to your thoughts (laughs) well come on let's not cross streams with fandoms here (laughs) all right so the next star wars film dave will be coming from game of thrones creators I know there was a little bit of kerfluffle. Yeah. Confusion. (laughs) And also there will be a live action series. Another one coming to Disney plus. So now that's three, David, three TV shows, star Wars themed that will be coming to Disney plus. Now, just a few weeks ago, Disney CEO Bob Iger held a conference call Q&A in which he shed light on several topics regarding the future Star Wars content. During the call, he did, in fact, address the upcoming untitled films, as well as more information about upcoming Star Wars streaming service live action series. The information comes to us via a live tweet by Attractions Magazine, according to Star Wars News Net. All right, Iger has confirmed that the 2022 untitled Star Wars film, the next film in the franchise after The Rise of Skywalker, will be written and produced by Game of Thrones creators and showrunners David Bayanoff and D.B. Weiss. Now, if this was six weeks ago, there'd be thunderous applause, Dave. But, God damn it. Disney can't get a break when it comes to PR. <laughs> we can't have nice things. When it comes we? to Lucasfilm... We can't get a fucking break. You know, Kathleen Kennedy was thinking, hey, how can I drum up excitement? How can I get people really excited about Star Wars? They were bummed after Last Jedi, even though a lot of people liked it. There was also a lot of issues that a few million had with Last Jedi. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot. It definitely split the fandom, to say the least. So how can I create excitement? How can I unify these folks? Well, let me bring in the producers of one of the most popular TV shows of the last 10 years. Yeah. And there was a lot of excitement until about six weeks ago. Yeah. Because I don't know a (laughs) single soul, David, that actually liked the final season of Game of Thrones. I wish I could be that guy, but I'm not. Did you like it or did you hate it too? I didn't like it. Yeah. I'm sorry. It it basically was bad writing. <laughs> bad writing all in all. Without going into too much details, my feelings on the season eight finale, because you could do an entire show on that. It was very disappointing in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm now worried because I don't give a shit about Game of Thrones. Franchises come and go, but there's one that doesn't, and that's Star Wars. I am too, and but... I, I, I want them to have positive publicity. And I know there are a lot of people that are worried now about this movie. Go, oh, the Game of Thrones producers don't know how to write for shit unless it's written for them. But the that's thing- what they say about Game of Thrones because there were no more books and the producers had to deviate. And kind of find their own path and tell their own story since um, George R.R. Martin had no other books that they could follow. So now there's a lot of people claiming to be writing 
gurus gurus saying oh there's no way they could write a trilogy now they suck they suck because the thing is everyone seems to have forgotten yeah the last and final season of game of thrones was not very well done however everyone seems to forget that the past seven seasons however they did a hell of a job yeah they did a good job i i i'm gonna remain positive i feel like these guys have a great feel for a certain type of aesthetic and if and I, use- I think that they can use that experience to bring it to star wars yeah, and, they, they'll know and also let us not forget this this isn't a tv show this isn't hbo okay we're talking lucasfilm here we're talking disney they have the budget which i'm sure already is budgeted in so it's not gonna like send them way out you know, overspending on their budget, I should say. It's not going to do that to them. It's not going to do, it's not going to be a solo maneuver. I understand where you're going with it, with it's kind of like, I don't want to pass judgment yet because you can't, everyone seems to basically say, well, since they screwed up one single season, they can't do anything else. But then they forget, well, they did seven past seasons that were really great yeah. and considered fantastic by TV standards. And it's and just like what you said. It's different from TV and film. Yeah, the TV, you have your whole writing room, right? Yeah. And maybe the showrunners messed up a bit, okay, in the final season of Game of Thrones. You're not going to have that type of issue with a Star Wars movie. You're going to have Kathleen Kennedy. You're going to have numerous disney execs reading over and scrutinizing your script and after the issues they had with the story with last jedi okay the big issues do you honestly think they're not going to go over that script with a fine-tooth comb the days of creative freedom within lucasfilm are over kathleen kennedy learned from her mistake and now she's going to be handling handling things a lot like marvel marvel doesn't let give their directors free reign oh yeah They're like this is the guideline here's your story write your story within the confines of what we're trying to do and that's what kathleen kennedy will now be doing there'll be no but one who's allowed to just say well i'm gonna do this well what about the the the, the original plan that so-and-so had nah forget, forget it we're it. just gonna do this <laughs> instead that's not gonna happen that's anymore. not gonna happen that's bad business and they had to learn the hard way and now because of that, Dave, I don't think we're going to have issues with any type of writers. It doesn't matter who comes in and writes. Yeah. The only the only issue that I want to bring up to you, if for me, this is an issue is if you go to if you go to D&D and you basically come to the realization that they are not passionate about Star Wars. And what I mean is, is like if I was interviewing D&D and I would have asked them, who's D&D? Uh, David Benoff and oh. uh, every time you say that, I think Daredevil. Well, they always, they always, people always t- call them D and D, and like the only question I would have for them is, how much do you love Star Wars as a fan? Because that's the important thing. The one, the one mistake that Kathleen Kennedy had was it wasn't, you know, I'm going to bring up his name, Rian Johnson. Don't, don't do it. Don't try it. <laughs> The only problem was Rian Johnson was not a Star Wars fan. And that for me was Kathleen Kennedy's problem was she wasn't bringing people in that were passionate about what they're working on. Right. And well, that's I, what I would ask D&D is like, going like, all right, what are you, what, what do you guys know about Star Wars? Yeah. And I would, that's uh, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you understand what, uh, because like what you brought up a long time ago, 
they have to make it feel like a Star Wars film. Really, Dave? I think you're on to something. They have to. (laughs) Of course. But here's the thing. People, like, don't bring that up. I know. I know. And it's it's like going, okay, then you guys complain that basically, oh, they ruined Game of Ah! Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Why? They don't understand. (laughs) Oh, I lost the will to live. The will to live. Oh, you'll never get this thing off the ground, Eddie. (laughs) And I'm like going, well... You gotta actually make sure that they are really passionate about your project. Yeah, you gotta make sure that they love Star Wars because if they don't, then what happens is, and a lot of people pointed out in the final season, they rushed through the season eight finale because they wanted to finish it right away. Yeah, because a lot of people basically pointed out they were given the chance to do ten seasons, but they said no, nah, we could do it in eight. Yeah, and that just automatically tells me. You're rushing it. You just want to get through it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And if you take take that attitude to Star Wars, then yeah, you're going to ruin Star Wars. Dave, I'm I choose to have faith. I, think, I choose to I have think faith. Their trilogy is going to be awesome. It's going to be something that doesn't need to adhere to anything before. Exactly. It, it's dealing with its own story. They don't have to worry about stepping on, you know, thirty plus years of canon compliant films and books now and comics they can solely tell their own story and not really worry about much other than the fact that they can't reinvent the wheel when it comes to the ways of the force you know it's going to be a way that they can just kind of cut through all uh the the i I don't want to say nonsense but the things that they have to do in the skywalker movie Mm -hmm. things that they have to do and all uh, the archetypes themes there's certain things that need to be in every Skywalker film, but now with the Skywalker film coming to an end, as long as they stick within the genre and it feels like Star Wars, they can do essentially whatever they want. Whatever so I'm, they want. I'm positive, Dave. I'm positive. I'm also positive on it because like a lot of people are like, you know, we now have like petitions going out for it, which is God awful. I think people just need to get off their high horse. Petitions. Can I get a oh. <laughs> petitions make me angry? I know they do. I don't like that's what why, you're doing. That's and why now I didn't want to bring petition. it up. I'm going to petition to remove you from my favorite franchise. Oh. <laughs> and that's what that's what petitioners sound like, honestly. Oh god, I'm so angry at you. Oh, but I like, could do better. The only thing I just ask is that they bring in the passion and the skill like what Ron Howard did. Ron Howard yeah. came into solo well, and you he felt the love. You of Star felt Wars. the love of Star Wars yeah. through Ron Howard. It was almost like a personal love letter. Yeah. It, it, bring that, yeah. bring that energy to your new trilogy and, and you'll be fine. And, and not just to Star Wars, but a love letter to a bygone era of filmmaking that doesn't happen anymore. That's why solo worked so well for yes. me as a Star Wars fan because it wasn't just the Star Wars vibes they captivated or Ron Howard captivated. It was an era. There was a an, a feel to his movie that captured a time in cinematic history that doesn't exist anymore. It mm-hmm. felt like a summer popcorn blockbuster film that was worthy to spend your money on. It didn't feel insulting. It was filled with heroes and and you know pulpy moments, which is what Star Wars is supposed to be. Uh, it just it felt right, and it felt right. That being said, Dave, let's talk about 
this whole Solo 2, make Solo 2 happen. It has to. Now, this is a petition that I can get behind. This isn't a petition because they're like, hey, I don't like what you did, so I'm going to redo it, and I need to have at least a 1,000 signatures so I can send this to Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are dying every, every day. day, but please send your petition to Washington, D.C., you fuck faces. <laughs> makes me angry i shouldn't have said that but they should die but i understand i understand your point is kind of like this is different though because this is positive this this is is like positive this is about getting more of something we love like hey stop everything here guys we need to make solo to happen now it is picking up steam dave and i knew it would because even the naysayers the people who refused because they were boycotting star wars because of their uh, because of the alleged you know, progressive agendas, agendas of Last Jedi. Oh, we're tired of being preached to. I'm not going to see Solo. So they boycotted a good movie because a movie, a prior movie, didn't float their boat. And the movie had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> the, the other movie. Yeah. It, so now all these people who hurt the box office, refusing to see the movie now have watched the film and they love it for the most part so now we're getting more and more uh people behind this movement and honestly dave i don't see us making getting a solo two at this moment it's just sad because it's sad because i really really thought alden Disney's not gonna deserved do it. it they're just not gonna do it they have said their piece and what would they look like if they suddenly backtrack they would look indecisive. And even though I would be like, oh, they're listening to the fans. They're giving us solo too. It would also, from the another side of things, make them look very indecisive. It'll make them look like Warner Brothers with the DC films. Yes. Oh, you know what? We didn't like this. So we're going to cut tail and run and forget everything we've done. But this and is, they need to stick to their guns. And but you got to say, you as fans, I think we would actually overlook this if they did. I, Dave, listen, I'd rather them do this at this point on the Disney streaming service. Yeah. Give, give us a, a fantastic film without all of the high pressure of box office performance. Give us a streaming service TV show or film. Let's continue. Let's give us a straight to, uh, let's give us a made for streaming service film. I'm okay with that. Look what Netflix is doing. Exactly. They're putting out some big budget films that are fantastic. So the Disney streaming service can do the exact same thing. So if they want to put it on their, their docket for the streaming service, fine. Better yet. Let's get a TV show. Let's get a six part season. You know, and, and continue the story of Kira and, and Maul and this whole Crimson Dawn angle. Let's continue that story. Let's get into it. I feel like the streaming service is probably the best platform for the whole movement behind Make Solo to happen. And honestly, who wouldn't be happy with that? I would be okay with that. Would you not be happy with uh, some continuation of the storyline? I would I on would, the streaming service. Yes, if that's the way that I have to get my continuation, fine. I would be really happy with. It. Well, Dave, what do you think they're cooking up on the streaming service? Because we know of the Mandalorian, and yes. we know of Rogue One. 
the Cassian Andor prequel. Yes, series. and we know Clone Wars. And the Clone Wars, yes, we know that's coming in. But we have this secret project as well that Bob Iger dropped on everyone <laughs> during this conference call, during this Q&A conference call. What do you think it could be? Do you think... Okay, let me rephrase this. Do you... What do you want it to be? And what do you think it will be? Okay, what do I want it to be? I would like it... I'd like it to actually would be solo. Wait, Something you'd about like solo it to too. would be. Well, add that to the list. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, but I would actually like it to be uh, how something long, tied to solo. How long would you like it to dawn. run? How long would you like it to run? 942 minutes? 942 minutes. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yes, I did. But like, I would, I would really like, even if it's like a Crimson Dawn series, Crimson Dawn would be fantastic. You mean to tell me you're going to give me a, a series centered around the rise of Maul in the underworld. Yes. Give me that. <laughs> but in all honesty, what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be now. A lot of people have been speculating about this. I think it's going to be a continuation of like Finn, Poe and Ray. And what I do. I really honestly do. I think it's going to be think a their movies are done. Yes, the and movies think, are done. You think John Boyega and Daisy Ridley I will go so. to television after doing well, three of the biggest films in history? Dude, remember, we said the landscape has changed now. It has, Dave, but but big... Actors ball. don't care anymore about jumping to TV. They don't, but you also don't see Brad Pitt and George Clooney doing it. That's because, in all honesty... Okay, this is outside of Star Wars. In all honesty, don't you agree that that's just basically... The old guard way of thinking. A little bit of arrogance. They Not think arrogance. I think it's just old than. guard way of thinking. It's yeah. it's how old actors think. Listen, I I can't disagree. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with with actors going to TV. Going nowadays. to TV. I don't think there should be any negative connotations. No signaling that their career is doomed. But I see it more with younger actors. Yeah, and that's why I think I think honestly, it's going to be John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and. Uh, Oh my god, I forgot his name. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaacs in in a streaming series. So you say that's a rumor? Is there any like a lot of people are, are saying that basically there's uh one But what do you want it to be? Now talk about that. What do you want it to be? What I want it to be is uh, something centered around Crimson Dawn and Solo. Okay. I, that that is what I want it to be. All right, Dave, I'm on the same boat with you. I think it's probably gonna be something a little less exciting than that but i would like it to be an obi-wan slash crimson dawn storyline you could easily tell those two stories parallel in some way man that'd be really good obi-wan series i mean i you know what maybe that can't work because obi-wan doesn't know uh maul doesn't know obi-wan until way later but i mean they could doesn't mean you need to have these characters connect as long as the events and things that they're doing affect each other affect each other they don't ever need to meet look at game of thrones how many characters never met? meant meant how many characters never met and yet every action there was some ramifications that affected the other so it could work and i feel like that would be like a just a fantastic way to frame the stories of maul and obi-wan my because only, my only worry about an obi-wan series though 
would you be okay seeing a different actor now playing uh, the character? No, it's got to be Ewan McGregor. It's got to be Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it's got to be. And, and I think he would do it. And if they cut the mall side out of it and gave us an Ewan McGregor series, fuck, oh, dude, I'd take that. He'd be a fool not to. Yeah. I, I If they were to actually be able to give every single Star Wars fan, because that's been something that a lot of Star Wars fans have been wanting to see is Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that would be an awesome moment to actually see. I just can't see it happening. I, I, I'm, I just think that basically Disney has their eyes set on the future. And that's why I said is like, I more or less see them continuing the stories of characters that they want to continue on. I, I am. Uh, now that you share that information with me, I, I can't disagree with that. That would make sense. Honestly. Um, that would more that would fall more in line with what I think could happen, opposed to what I would want to happen. But you are right about them moving forward. They have said that. I guess time for us to move forward. So, all right. Well, this concludes, Dave, our discussion on Star Wars with all these news and updates. I hope this will satiate your greedy little Star Wars appetites until we get back in about two weeks. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. 